This is the Canola Watch Podcast. I'm Jay Wetter. Today we're talking about how farmers can avoid disease and pesticide residues that could reduce the marketability of Canadian grain. Keeping It Clean is a joint project of the Canola Council of Canada, Pulse Canada, Cereals Canada, Prairie Oat Growers Association, and the Barley Council of Canada. The website at keepingitclean.ca has five simple tips to keep your crops ready for market. Our podcast today will look at those five tips. Simple tip number one, use acceptable pesticides only. This is what the website says. Only apply pesticides that are both registered for use on your crop in Canada and won't create trade concerns. Talk to your grain buyer to ensure the products you are using are acceptable to both domestic and export customers. Simple tip number two, always read and follow the label. Always follow the label for application rate, timing, and pre-harvest interval, which is timely this time of year. Ian Epp is an agronomy specialist for the Canola Council of Canada. He also farms at Blaine Lake, Saskatchewan. So a pre-harvest interval is the time between when we apply a pesticide and when the crop is cut. So in, in the case of canola, cutting may be swathing, or it may be when we run the combine through if we're a straight combine. So those days in between uh, from the pesticide application to that cut or harvesting period, that is our, uh, that is our spray swath window. And that is the one where we want to be careful on which products we're applying and make sure they fit in that window. Melissa Damiani farms at Bluffton, Alberta. Pre-harvest intervals are very important to consider and they can vary greatly between the different products you might be using. It's always worth it to just take that bit of time to learn about the products you're using before application just to ensure you're making smart decisions. Interpreting a product label can be somewhat intimidating at times, but there are numerous industry resources to assist you if you need any clarifications or have any questions at all. In my experience, a quick call to a retailer, an agronomist, or a company hotline, or a variety of other industry professionals is always a friendly, fast, and easy way to ensure you're making the right call on any spray or even variety decisions. What would be a timely pre-harvest intervals message then for canola growers this time of year? So a couple things to keep in mind for canola growers this year, you know, we're through a lot of the pesticide application, but uh, two kind of groups of products stand out, uh, insecticides. So if we do have a late season insecticide application that meets something, some uh, insect meets threshold, there are a number of products that have excellent control on these insects, just picking the one that has the window that fits um, the window, you know, the approximate time till swathing is key. And then the second one would be pre-harvest aids. So desiccants and glyphosate, um, those are really key as far as the pre-harvest intervals, but also making sure we're staging them correctly. So those are kind of the two uh, groups of pesticides that we uh, growers will be commonly using between now and harvest and really key ones to keep an eye on. The Keep It Clean program has a is coordinated really well with Pulses Now and the cereals organizations, as well as canola. And right across the board, pre-harvest glyphosate uh, is an important one for for all of those crops and making sure the timing is just right. Can you tell me more about the the right timing for canola, Ian? So the right timing for most crops is uh, 30% moisture. So what that looks like in canola is 50 to 60% seed color change. You know, we're obviously not going to be pulling a combine out or testing the moisture. It's hard to test the seed moisture at that. But we know that that equates to 50 to 60% uh, seed color change, which is roughly swath timing. 
So again, that'll be dark, uh, you know, red or black kernels on the main stem, seeds at the bottom, some speckling or starting to turn middle way up that uh, main stem, and then green but firm to roll seeds on top. Now, the one thing that's key doing that is we're talking about seeds here, not pod color, and especially this year, there's a lot of variation in what the pods may look like. So from the road or just walking through a field, the pods may look fairly green, but the kernels or the seeds inside may be more turned. And also with the hot weather we've been having, we get some sun scalding. So the plants will turn a bit of a purpley yellow and they'll look fairly mature. But when you actually crack open those pods and look inside the green, the seeds may be very green. So when we're staging canola to get that 50% seed color change, we really have to look at the seeds. And so just to be clear, Ian, so it's 30% moisture or less, right? Oh, so, so it's 50 to 60% seed color change or, or more mature than that. Yeah, correct. That 30% moisture, which equates to 50 to 60% seed color change, that's the minimum. That's the earliest we can apply. Similar to swathing, that's the earliest. We can go later. And again, when we're looking at that, that's not the field average. That's the least mature part of your field. Uh, so again, we're looking at those green low spots, maybe some area where there wasn't a lesser plant stand and the plants are a little bit behind. Those are the areas we want to be really focusing on when we're staging our canola crop. Keepingitclean.ca has handy pre-harvest glyphosate staging guides for canola, pulses, and cereals. Simple tip number three, manage disease pressures. Diseases like blackleg in canola and fusarium head blight in cereals may also create a market risk. When it comes to blackleg in particular, canola growers can take measures such as growing R-rated varieties and maintaining a minimum break of two to three years between canola crops to allow time for residue to decompose. Scout fields regularly for blackleg symptoms and incidents to help determine the effectiveness of your blackleg management plan. Right now is the best time of year to clip canola stems and check for blackleg severity. Simple tip number four, store your crop properly. Proper storage helps to maintain crop quality and keeps the bulk free of harmful cross contaminants. Here's Ian Epp. Most of our grain doesn't have storage issues. A farmer may go for a number of years without having any storage concerns and suddenly something pops up and they go to treat their bins. So it's just a good reminder this time of year, as you're cleaning bins, treating bins, bins that maybe have had a storage issue uh, from last year's crop, or you're concerned about it for this year's crop, that malathion is just not one to use. Um, we don't have a lot of uh, storage insect pest issues in canola, but keep in mind when that does happen, look for something that is registered in canola. And ideally, you know, good record keeping is key here. If you do treat a bin with malathion, make sure that in the busyness of harvest, somehow that bin is labeled as not for canola. Simple tip number five, deliver what you declare. Delivering what you declare is a long-standing pillar of the Keep It Clean program and recent changes as a result of the Canada, United States, Mexico agreement mean that declaring the eligibility of your canola is now mandatory for all deliveries to Canadian Grain Commission licensed elevators and processing plants. When you sign the mandatory Declaration of Eligibility Affidavit at the elevator, you are making a legal assertion that your crop is the variety and or class you have designated and that it was not treated with crop input products specified in the declaration. Here's Ian Epp. 
there's a mandatory uh, declaration that growers sign when they're delivering grain. So as growers are thinking of getting ready to deliver grain from the 2020 crop, it's a good idea to really read through that document, understand what it's entailing, what the responsibilities of the grower are, so which products have been used, a bit of good record keeping as we look back on the 2020 year, what products have been used, are they registered? Um, sometimes there's some nuances or some differences between grain buyers, so keeping in mind that you want to read individual ones from different grain buyers, they might have some specific requirements. And again, as this relates to other, you know, not just which products we're applying, are they registered? When did we apply them? Was the pre-harvest interval correct? Um, especially if we have stagey crops, did we get that staginess or did we get that correct? Again, this is a legal document for growers. Grain buyers are really happy to work with growers, you know, explain what they're looking for and, you know, what may cause market access or some export issues way may not. But it's just a good thing to remind farmers that before you deliver grain, look through that document, make sure that the grain we're uh, getting ready to uh, sell meets those requirements and, you know, talk to your grain buyer if you have more questions about, you know, some detail in that document. For canola specifically, farmers cannot deliver deregistered varieties or any seed produced from them. The five tips section of keepingitclean.ca has the list of deregistered varieties. Here's a final word from Ian Epp. You know, we export 90% of our canola, so export partners are really important to us. And a lot of these uh, top tips we have, uh, whether it's using registered varieties, uh, applying a pesticide at the right time, the declarations, correct storage, good agronomy in this case, you know, managing diseases like blackleg, applying the right product at the right time, maximizes your yield, is great for growers, and it's good for the industry. It means we have a reliable uh, product to deliver that our customers want. Here's Melissa Damiani. I think we really must consider the future impacts of our decisions today when it comes to domestic and international trade. We need to be aware of the increased public scrutiny of our farming practices. I'm very optimistic that farmers can continue to be a trustworthy source and someone that the public can rely on to produce safe and quality food, while also considering the environmental and economic impacts of the decisions we're making on-farm. For lots more on Keeping It Clean, please visit keepingitclean.ca. You can also find timely updates at canolawatch.org. Canola Watch is a research-based agronomy service from the Canola Council of Canada in cooperation with the Provincial Canola Grower Associations, SAS Canola, Alberta Canola, and Manitoba Canola Growers. Thanks for listening. I'm Jay Wetter.